0: It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. The plan was to get this roster with this new regime. They were not keeping this roster, my friend. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels were not keeping the roster they inherited from Mayock and Gruden and before that. And there were going to be changes, and we told you. Are you with me on that? Excuses die. The record stands.
1: JT the Brick
0: it that's all we've been telling you all year if you've been listening they have a plan i'm not saying it's going to work it's going to be a hundred percent but i'm behind the plan the plan is to get it up to speed where it's really good for a long period of time you are what your record is sound off like you got a pair and now
1: jt the man to miss the legend here's jt the brick
0: all right hour number two on raider nation radio appreciate you coming in a lot happening today here as we get you ready for the draft Coming up here at the end of the month and asking Raider fans, what do you want to do? What's the philosophy of the draft for you before we get into these exclusive mock drafts with our help from the Raiders and what they're doing on the digital side, plus my Rolodex of talking to a lot of Raider insiders, let alone NFL insiders over the years. We're trying to have fun with this. It was big last year, as you can remember, because the Raiders hosted the draft out here. I don't think you'll see anything bigger than that. But Kansas City has it this year, and they won the Super Bowl. So I think they're going to have a nice turnout and some people there. I would rather be in Vegas than Kansas City. I'm watching the Par 3 tournament at the Masters. A whole bunch of hole-in-ones. Guys getting hole-in-ones all over the place as the Masters tee off tomorrow. We have another Masters guest coming up tomorrow along the way. So a busy show today. We're going to have... A really good insider, Mike Sandoz, is going to join us here in about 20 or 30 minutes. Open lines for you. I'd like to hear from some Raider fans going forward. Quickly today, the call to action is your philosophy on the draft. Not the player yet, because we're going to have other experts coming on trying to pick the player, the cornerback, the defensive tackle, what the Raiders need to do. But your philosophy means a lot to me. Because if you want to get a quarterback at number 7 or trade out of 7 and move up, then you're not going defense at the highest level of defense. I don't think anybody will argue that. If you don't take a defensive player with the first pick in the draft, then you cannot say that you had a great defensive draft. You can't because with the first pick, you didn't take a stud on defense. But if you like the quarterback in the Raider Nation and you're patient enough to use a high pick to park a quarterback for the future to be the face of the franchise – We haven't had a face of the franchise since long ago in Oakland when Derek Carr came out of Fresno State and became the face of the franchise. It's been a long time. I think Devontae Adams and Max Crosby are face of the franchise players. Okay, future Hall of Famers. Yeah, I'll even say that about Max early in his career. He is clearly on that type of path. But I think a face of the franchise quarterback could be available because this might be the closest the Raiders get in a while. Now, there are a lot of other NFL insiders around the country that I don't think the Raiders are going to do much this year. And then next year, they'll be able to get right around the same pick or maybe even a lower pick and get a quarterback then. Again, so the Jimmy Garoppolo thing is one of two things. It's either a smokescreen or the Raiders going all in on a veteran who knows the system, which I like. He's only 31. And then being able to stack the defense and get fortunate with the draft. What got me going last year was the Seattle draft. Man, Seattle's draft was amazing. And they had Geno Smith. Do we remember that? Geno Smith, who I mocked and laughed at. I I thought he has been a bum for most of his career. He played great. He played great. I own that. Raiders were fortunate to beat him in Seattle. And then the Raiders watched Seattle go through the draft last year and really rebuild their defense. And that's a defense over the last decade that had the Legion of Boom. They know how to coach defense up there and get good defensive players. So I'd like to see the Raiders do a combination of that. I'd like the first three or four picks to be all defense. And then you can go in with the fourth round, fifth round picks, get a tight end. uh, Maybe get a quarterback to develop there if you want to do that. It's going to be obvious. A whole lot of people are going to be right. And Bobby's laughing because he knows this. And a whole lot of people are going to be wrong. So if I'm going to be wrong, I'm going to be wrong the day before the draft. Not today. (laughs) I'm not going to be wrong today. I'm going to be wrong the day before the draft when I make my selection or what I think is going to happen. And I like Witherspoon and Gonzalez, uh, the two corners there, because I think the Raiders desperately need cornerbacks who are oversized, fast, can hit, and can catch the football. And there's two of them right there that will be available for the Raiders. No debate. One of the two great cornerbacks will be available for the Raiders if the Raiders stay at seven. If they trade back, I don't know what the answer to that is going to be. So the Raiders are going to visit with Bryce Young coming up tomorrow. I think that's a big headline. That's a huge headline on all the websites here today, and I think it makes a lot of sense for the Raiders to do their due diligence that way. I mentioned the Golden Knights and their loss last night. There's no such thing to me as a good loss. Like NASCAR, you can come in sixth place, and everyone's happy. I came in sixth. Well, because you got points? Okay. Well, that's what happened last night with Vegas. Vegas got one point because they got to overtime, and they were trailing to nothing. And when I turned on the game and they were down two nothing, it felt like a game where the uh, the the Knights could have lost four one or five nothing. So to get a point meant a lot to me. I'm going Thursday night. I hope to see you Thursday night. I'm going in there as a lunatic fan on Thursday night. I'm going in big because I think this is going to be the best regular season contest for them as the Kings are trying to track them down. The Kings lost to Edmonton last night, and the Kings are in a must-win situation here. And in hockey, you don't have to have the one seed. You don't. But I think that the Golden Knights need the one seed to have the final game of a series at home in the Fortress instead of having to go on the road at Dallas or Colorado. You know, have a Edmonton against Conor McDavid in a game seven. I don't want to see that. I want to see him at home in case they have the net underneath them, which is us, the fans of the Golden Knights. So that's a topic that I'm hitting on. We're supposed to. Uh, Golden Knights have been great, just like the Raiders. They text me every other day, who do you want, who do you want? Broadcaster, player, so I'm looking forward to tomorrow. The Aviators opened up at home. I could hear the sound of the bat from my house, and now they have good crowds showing up. Uh, Congratulations to Don Logan, Jim Gemma, the entire team over there at the Aviators, and we hope they have a great season. I'll be out there a bunch this year. I mentioned the NBA in the first hour of the show. I think the media is now pushing heavy for the Lakers to go on their run. Tonight's a really big test if Anthony Davis doesn't play. Anthony Davis had a good game last night, and if he can't play back-to-back in his home building, that is lame. That is very lame if he can't play tonight because they want to rest him in what is, feels like a must-win game. LeBron James came through last night. LeBron James ended up winning that game. He should have won it in regulation. Then LeBron put it away in overtime. 19 on the shot clock. LeBron spinning, goes all the way, and scores! Yeah, LeBron was fantastic last night, so good to see him playing and what's going to happen there. Uh, let's get into the Masters. I know there's a lot of golfers. I mean, come on, it's Vegas. Raise your hand and beep your horn if you're driving around Vegas or Northern California with your golf clubs in your car. And you're a golfer and you golf a couple of times a week. What's your opinion on the Masters? I'd like to get your winner here. I feel like it's going to be really, really big. And I don't say that every year because there's 18 live golfers coming back. So I posted on Facebook today. I think Scotty Scheffler, and I hate being that guy to pick the favorite to win, but I think he's playing the perfect storm right now coming in. You know, I'm excited for the Masters beginning Thursday. It feels extra big than the recent ones, and I expect a lot of high drama. 18 live golfers who defected from the PGA Tour in the field. They're highly motivated to prove that they can beat the best golfers in the world. Cam Smith, Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed, Bubba Watson, Brooks Kepka, and Bryson DeChambeau. All have a chance to be on the leaderboard heading into the weekend. Now, Scotty Scheffler is the defending champion and the odds-on favorite to repeat. Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth both are locked in and also have short odds to win. And I can't wait to watch Tiger Woods compete after a long layoff. He made the cut earlier in the year at Riviera, and I expect him to do the same at Augusta. I like the odds of Tiger making the cut. He knows the course better than anyone who has ever played Augusta National, including Jack Nicklaus. He has to start quick. He needs to go low on Thursday to be in contention. Playing conservative won't work for him as it has in the past. They also added 35 yards to the 13th tee box, which is going to make that hole more interesting. Several golfers will choose to lay up instead of being aggressive and going for eagle. I always root for the American golfers on U.S. soil when it comes to majors. You'll never hear me saying, I'm rooting for Rory McIlroy. I'm rooting for Jason Day. Justin Thomas could surprise everyone with the short game if he can hold some putts early. I want to pick Will Zalatoris or Colin Morikawa to win, but they're not at the top of their game coming into this week. John Rahm is due to win this tournament, but hasn't looked good recently, and I'm excited to see Xander Shoffley in contention on Sunday and expect Rory to have the lead by being chased by Scotty Scheffler. And again, I usually don't pick the heavy favorites, but I'm going with Scotty Scheffler to win his second green jacket If a live golfer wins, it will rock the world to golf. So I'd like to know who you have winning 702-365-9200. And I'm also looking for your opinion on the Raider draft, the overall philosophy. If you were sitting down having a cup of coffee with Dave Ziegler and Dave asked you, what do you think we should do? What would you say? Trade up, trade back. What would you say? Do it on radio. That's what we do. It's pretend here on Sports Radio. We're pretending that we're GMs and coaches. We're pretending that we know more than everybody. That's why I've been doing this this long. It's all pretend on what we would do if we were in charge. And this is a good Raider draft to kind of be in charge. I've said before this because I know him personally. I I just think that Dave Ziegler is the right guy for this job. How do I know that? I don't. I just met him a number of times. I think he's a good guy, and I think he has a philosophy and a plan that he has shared with me that I believe now. I believe now, and you can't criticize Dave for the last draft because he didn't have a 1-2 and pick. He brought in Devontae, and I don't know a lot of people who are critical of that move. And a lot of people aren't critical of Dylan Parham at number 3. So overall, I think the Raiders have done a decent job setting up for this draft as they deconstructed the roster from last year, and they're trying to make sure they're poised to come in and do some really big things. They have to do really big things. Because other teams in this league called the NFL do big things at the draft. The Raiders are due. The Raiders are due to have a great draft. Because the drafts in Vegas have been a disaster. And no one had a bad intention going into any of those drafts. Everyone went in with high spirits. Really good feelings about it. Drafting players who seemed to be good fits. It's been an epic disaster. From Henry Ruggs III to Clee Farrell to Jonathan Abram, to the picks that were taken here, and none of them seem to be here other than Max Crosby and Hunter Renfro. Overall, the Raiders have drafted poorly. That has put the Raiders in this position where they have to improve drastically. Now, I just said earlier in the show, if you missed it, the offense I think is very good. I'll put this offense up against any other offense. I really would. I think they can score on any given Sunday with every bleeping team in the league. From Joe Burrow to Trevor Lawrence to Patrick Mahomes. Defensively, they're one of the bottom defenses in all of football. And the only thing that's going to change that is the draft. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to Portland, where Robert is waiting on the flagship of the Raiders. What's happening? Yeah, it's Masters week. I'm excited like you. I I, I like Burns. He played very Hello? well in, in Austin. And I like, uh, if you know, if it's tight, I like Cam. Smith, uh, because, uh, you know, the Greens, I heard the weather's going to be uh, iffy, so they won't be as fast as other years. So I'm going to take Burns instead of Cam Smith. Yeah, the weather's perfect today. I'm watching the par three as you call in. It's just gorgeous. Everybody's in short sleeves. It's sunny out there, but there's supposed to be some rain. A lot of people want to pick the Mudders. They're called the Mudders because they, if the ball doesn't roll out well and it's, they plug a lot, the guys who can get to the Greens and – position their ball on the green correctly. I think Tiger Woods has always been great at that, but he's no longer in the prime of his career. And that's why I think Robert Scheffler will win, because I think Scheffler can hit all the long irons into the greens, and he can read greens, and he can chip well. And chipping and putting and hitting it deep is going to matter here. I don't have a lot of confidence in Rory McIlroy with his putter at Augusta National. These greens tend to drive him crazy. Yeah, I I like the way Burns played. Uh, one-on-one against Mm -hmm. everybody. You know, Cam Young, I mean, that guy Young, Mm -hmm. he's due. I mean, this kid has not won yet. Uh, But I just think the putting is so important, like you just said. And I like the way Burns is finally putting. He he went through a drought recently, and now he's putting extremely well, and he likes the course. Yes, he does. Thank you for the phone call. Good to see all the little kids out there at the par three. Gary Player is one over. Gary Player's got a wrist guard on and a knee guard on. Find out, Bobby, if you can Google how old Gary Player is. Gary Player, who I've interviewed, I've had about four or five interviews with Gary Player, and i got to go find one or two in the garage. They're on CD somewhere. And a guy who does 500 sit-ups a day and does all his push-ups and goes out and plays and still competing at this stage in his life, still competing and looking that fit, is something that everybody should look to be this fit in their life. How old is he?
1: 87 years old.
0: 87 years old, and he's playing golf today. My dad's 84. He's playing tomorrow. You imagine being in your mid to late 80s playing golf at Augusta National. Okay, yeah, standings, standing's more difficult. To watch Gary Player at 87 years old be that fit and to go out and play at that level is pretty incredible. Uh, The Live Golfers, Bubba Watson, some of the names that are out there. Hey, Freddie Couples did pretty nice at this Par 3 tournament. If you want to talk about the Masters, love to do it. There's one time a year I talk golf, everybody. I'd like you to participate if you're a golfer. I know a lot of Raider fans golf. I go to all these Raider tournaments, and everyone's wearing the silver and black, 702-365-9200. Mike Sando is going to join us here coming up on the other side. He's been critical of the Raiders. So I'll ask him what he thinks about the Raiders coming up here because he interviewed a whole bunch of GMs, and he put out a report, and it was not kind to the silver and black. Also, baseball's underway. There's a couple of day games going on today. If you've been to a professional baseball game, an MLB game, uh, let me know if the pitch clock affected you in any way. Uh, My great, great friend who was in my wedding, his son, my uh, godson was at the Dodger game last night, and I asked him on text, do you notice the pitch clock? He said no game's just going fast, which is nice. Everybody seems to be happy about the pace of baseball games going forward. And uh, that should be good because it gives baseball some positive press. And the biggest topic this week has been women's basketball from Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, as we're into Wednesday here. And that topic goes to bed as UConn and the men won the national championship, LSU on the women's side. We're able to pull it off. It's the Raider off season, but we are building towards the NFL draft and what the Raiders will be able to do there. So more of your phone calls at 702-365-9200. And Real Madrid, too. Barcelona nil in the Spanish Cup, Del Rey, going on right now. I'm sure Harry Ruiz, who listens to the show, is interested in that. When we come back, we'll get into a deeper dive on the guy who broke the story, broke the story on the NFL and the Arizona Cardinals, and they're burner phones. What do you do to the owner if, if you find out in an investigation that he bought burner phones to communicate, which is against the rules? What do you say? Give me the phones? Reminds me of House of Cards with Kevin Spacey coming up as we continue on the Raider flagship. I refuse to, to let my work ethic, my preparation be in question. You know, I've put an incomprehensible amount of time and, and blood, sweat, tears and work into what I do, whether it's football or baseball. People can't even comprehend the amount of time that it takes to, to do two sports at a high level in college, let alone do it, you know, be the first person to do it ever at, at my size. Kyler Murray, when he was initially pushing back on everyone. The Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals in the news. Mike Sandoz is going to join us in a few minutes. We're waiting on him. We're watching the Par 3 golf tournament here at the Masters. Bobby and I in studio as we are brought to you by the Verde Law Group. 702-222-9999. If you get into an accident, slip and fall, you just need an attorney And a law group that you can trust. Uh, Go to the Castaverti Law Group. Proud partner of our show. Uh, News coming out of Yahoo Sports on Austin Eckler. Says returning to the Chargers is, quote, worst case scenario amid trade and contract talk. So he's one of the best players. He actually lives here in Vegas. So if you're around Vegas here, you know that already. Austin Eckler lives out here. And he's one of the better players, all-purpose players in all the football. Raiders are very fortunate that they have Josh Jacobs, who I think is a better player here. But Austin Eckler is really good. He does not want to play for the contract that he's under. And he said that on SiriusXM Fantasy Radio, that the Chargers refused to offer him an extension. And he felt disrespected, quote, by my own organization. Eckler added that he still wants to play for the Chargers, but also wants to find a long-term partner that would sign him to a better deal. He's entering the final year of his four-year deal, $24.5 million, that he signed in 2020 and will only cost $7.7 million against the salary cap. Here's the quote that's going viral. Time will tell and we'll see what happens after the draft. Eckler said, look, I guess the worst-case scenario right now out of all of it I'll come back, and I'll have to play for the Chargers for a year and bet on myself and then be a free agent next year. Ooh. Ooh. Look, we've been saying this around here for a while. The Chargers have had a really good roster, and they're never available. Fortunately for the Raiders, you never see Derwin James and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams all available on the same day when they play the Raiders. And it's been a benefit for the Raiders because they go up against them. They're similar teams. Now, a lot of the media... Like myself, I believe that Justin Herbert is elite, super elite. I'm talking top three. I want to make that point clear. I believe on the flagship of the Raiders that Justin Herbert is not a top five quarterback. I believe he's top three, and he will be at that level for 10 years, at an Elway-type level. Yes, I've made that comparison on the record many times before, and that's going to make it difficult on the Raiders to beat the Chargers if it turns out that Herbert continues to play at that level. Now, the one thing I didn't expect from Herbert was for him to blow a 27-point lead at Jacksonville. That was a chink in the armor that made me really happy, and hopefully we see more of that down the road. But he's a very good player, and Patrick Mahomes has owned the Raiders, and now Russell Wilson in the division has Sean Payton to try to uh, fix and correct him. That's why it's very important that Josh McDaniels gets a young quarterback to groom, along with Brian Hoyer and Jimmy Garoppolo. That quarterback room is going to be really strong Because the head coach is going to be in that room, along with two veteran quarterbacks and most likely a young quarterback. The question is, where do the Raiders get that young quarterback? I'm not a fan of taking the young quarterback seven overall because I know how bad the defense was last year. And I'd like to see Patrick Graham have a fair chance to go out and compete with a defense that's faster, smarter, and more explosive. All right, Mike Sando kind enough to join us from The Athletic he 's making news today, and my great work on the story with the Arizona Cardinals. how did you chase this down and give us your most recent update on the story?
1: yeah, yeah, we were working on it the last few days, and then there was just a lot of verification that had to go into it because anyone anytime someone is making a bunch of claims, um, you can 't just go with the story, right, So we had to really make sure that, hey, this was actually being filed with the league that it was that the Cardinals knew about it. Uh, that it was really a real thing happening. And I think once we had that, I think the attorney representing Terry McDonough was on the record in the piece, and, and quickly the league was too, confirming. Then we felt solid enough that we could do it. I think there was still some responsibility not to just go overboard with some of the more salacious stuff in there. But, man, when the Cardinals came back with what really amounted to a take then of Terry McDonough, I mean, it just felt like the gloves came off really quick between these two.
0: All right, so let's take our listeners behind the scenes when Steve Kime got the DUI in 2018 and the allegations of burner phones for communication because with the problems with Stephen Ross in Miami and tampering what's going on with Daniel Snyder and owners around the league, this is a very unique and delicate topic because it will shine a negative light on Arizona and how they're competing against the rest of the league.
1: Well, absolutely. And if that, if you look at, at that point, there's a five week suspension where Terry McDonough alleges that during that time, uh, Michael Bidwell authorized the scheme to use burner phones so the front office could speak with and communicate with Steve Kine when he was supposed to be away from the team. Then, after the season, uh, we have Steve Wilkes fired, and he supposedly, according to Terry, Terry McDonough, as coach of the team, also didn't want to use the burner phones. So now zoom out to right now on what you talked about, this being a sensitive subject. Uh, Steve Wilkes is suing the Cardinals, and Brian Flores is suing the Cardinals. Dolphins, And if you tie these two things together, you look at what Flores was allegedly fired for. It was for not going along with unethical schemes to tank and to meet Tom Brady. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if Steve Wilkes alleges that one of the reasons he was let go was not agreeing to go along with something unethical, which now Terry McDonough has pointed out. Uh, That becomes pretty interesting, and I think it's very compelling in terms of what Steve Wilkes has to say when his time comes to either talk to Goodell or whoever uh, in the arbitration process.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to get too far ahead with talking to Mike Sando from The Athletic, but this is conduct detrimental to the team. If the owner approved this, the owner knew this, the owner is one of the 32 in the league here and other owners are going to look saying, we got to get away from storylines like this. We're trying to run the league. Roger Goodell getting his extension going forward. I mean, this reminds me of a political story, like something you would see in house of cards or something where everyone's oh, yeah. meeting in a garage, getting burner phones. You can't run a league with, with owners who would potentially to agree or come up with the idea like this.
1: Well, and then it was, it was interesting. You mentioned politics because the, in the Cardinals in putting out a statement uh that showed all of these things accusing Terry McDonough of being everything from a bad father and husband uh to a bad employee. They did that through an outside PR firm that's associated with a lot of political causes and and sort of, you know, uh tough, hard nosed, aggressive tactics in the politics of Washington, DC. So there there's another tie in there and and uh you know, over overarching this whole thing of the Cardinals is Hey, you've had a GM with a DUI suspended out. Their COO separately had a DUI, was suspended, is gone. Their former head coach is suing the team. And now their former number two personnel guy is is going after the team, alleging scandals. So the common denominator through all of this is the owner, Michael Bidwell. And we'll see if there's scrutiny uh, on him, as there often hasn't been on owners in the NFL. Mike, one
0: more on this topic, which I find interesting. Also, the Kyler Murray deal, the extension and how they had originally put the clause in. So he would have to have the private film work because they thought he's playing too much video games or not paying attention enough to doing his job. And then they had to pull that back. And that was a PR disaster at the time. I covered that story. A lot on my shows oh, yeah. here, and that's also something that was very uncomfortable. And then we had this team recently on Hard Knocks, and we saw the dysfunction of the team before they got rid of the head coach and the DUI and what went on. Let's not forget what went on in Mexico City with their offensive line coach. This looks like a very dysfunctional organization recently.
1: I think it's a great point on the Kyler Murray thing because, as as I had sort of you know had that separately in my mind because it was a, it's a football player, but. When you're talking about basically the owners being accused of being retaliatory in nature, well, that clause is kind of a little bit retaliatory, right? I and mean, they had to know it was going to get out. And then uh, also the, when Terry McDonough makes these claims, instead of putting out the normal statement of, hey, we deny the essence of what he's saying, we, we're sorry it came to this point, but look forward to defending ourselves in arbitration – They kind of went into a retaliatory mode with this big sheet of accusations against Terry McDonough that went beyond anything I've ever seen from a team. So, um, yeah, there there is a lot there uh, with this team and hard knocks, too.
0: Yeah, a great reporting by Mike Sando at Sando NFL. Mike, I didn't run this by you, but uh, if you're comfortable talking about it, just because you're a Hall of Fame voter, and I know a lot of the voters over the years from Jim Trotter, Howard Balzer, a lot of them became friends of mine. Anything on Jim Trotter? And his allegations going forward and what's happening. I have a lot of respect for Jim and the diversity issues and some of the questions that he was asking the commissioner at his last couple of stand ups here. Where do you think this story is going with Jim Trotter, one of the more recognizable names who was yeah. just let go by NFL media?
1: Well, I think it's going to be told, the story's going to be told by Jim Trotter. The league certainly mm-hmm. isn't going to highlight anything. And I think it'll be very interesting to see where Jim Trotter lands, right? Because he's obviously. Uh, a great NFL writer for a long time with a high profile and uh, somebody who's not afraid to to speak his mind. Right. So he's going to land somewhere, right? He's going to work for somebody or he's going to have his own thing going. And I think we, we will take the cues from him because he, he will know what his story is and he he's already kind of alluded to the fact that, Hey, there's, there's more where this came from, or, you know, there's, there's other things I could reveal about the newsroom and how they handle stuff. So I don't think Jim's going to go, away quietly right
0: Mm -hmm. No doubt. Uh, Mike Sando, I thought your annual look at all 32 NFL teams, free agency through the eyes of the executives around the league caught my attention because I'm based in Vegas and work for the Raiders and they deconstructed their roster during the season. They didn't want to have an injury to Carr at the end. They pinched him and they bring in Carapolo and are trying to rebuild the defense through the draft. Uh, As you reported on this, uh, a lot of executives you talked to were not impressed with what the Raiders are doing out in Vegas. Can you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I th- I think Derek Carr being replaced by a Patriots alum, right, in Garoppolo. Darren Waller's salary is pretty pretty much replaced by Jacoby Myers, Patriots alum. Uh, they bring on Philip Dorset, I don't think that's a significant, but another Patriots alum. And then after my story published, uh, Brian Hoyer and Danny Amendola come on board. So, you know, I think when you see that... Uh, going for familiarity, maybe trying to get traction for your program in the building. Uh, I think a lot of people look at that and say, wait a minute, are you better on the field, right? Isn't your job when you take over a team to get the most out of your best players where all these players that are leaving, do they really have fatal flaws, right? And I think, look, there's turnover whenever someone comes in, but this is two regimes in a row. You know, when Gruden came in pretty soon, Khalil Mack's not there, Amari Cooper's not there, uh, right? I mean, those are... Pretty good players um, that you might otherwise want to build around. So we'll see where it goes. The proof will be on the field. But, yeah, those moves were kind of seen as going for familiarity, maybe at the expense of the bottom-line town of the roster.
0: Wrapping it up with Mike Sando. Mike, where do you stand on Lamar Jackson not getting a qualifying offer, uh, knowing that? My big thing that I've been talking about, and I think I've nailed this going forward, is, look, I don't think he deserves Deshaun Watson money. I don't think anybody does other than Mahomes that type of guarantee but I know Burrow and Justin Herbert are, be- are coming behind Lamar Jackson and are going to get much more in guarantees so that's where what I where yeah. I see this story evolving if you don't want to give Lamar 180 million guaranteed I'm cool with that have some incentives in there he's an MVP Justin Herbert is not an MVP Burrow hasn't been an MVP yet and these two guys could get $300 million to $400 million and a couple of hundred million in guarantees. How do you look at this? How is the story evolving in your eyes?
1: Yeah, well, his options are severely limited by being a franchise player. So, I, And then also he's had two years now where he's been injured. And the MVP thing was three years ago. I, mean, I think what you're betting on with these quarterbacks is, would you feel more comfortable signing up for the next three years of Justin Herbert or the next three years of, of Lamar Jackson, the next three years of Joe Burrow, right? uh lamar jackson is probably not ascending right now some of that you can blame on the ravens for sure right they're what they've had around him. but i think as much as anything what he needs what lamar jackson needs to totally flip this on the on the ravens is to have a great year i mean have a great year and then put him in a bind there's no one right now who is uh none of the conversation is is about that. No one's saying, "Oh my gosh, can you believe the risk that the Ravens are taking? Lamar Jackson's going to go out and have this amazing year and they're going to be screwed because they're going to have to pay him so much." Why isn't anybody saying that? Cuz I don't think we sense that that's where he's going right now. And I think that's mm-hmm. why he if I were him, Take your $32 million this year. You're just like any other player that gets franchise tagged. You're probably not going to have as many options or the ability to really do the deal you want to do, unless you're Patrick Mahomes or somebody like that who anybody would pay anything for. So he goes out and has a great year. Play like an MVP this year, not in 2019. I mean, being 2019 MVP, where does that factor in what, what you think you're going to get from him now, right? Go have the great year, and then they'll be in a bind, and you'll drive the car.
0: But do you think he'll have a great year under these contract negotiations? He seems he's pretty pissed off, or it could get worse not having an agent. I I mean, that that sounds good to me, and I think you're right on that because he's still young at 26, at 27. He puts up a year like that. His leverage goes up, but he's just worried about a catastrophic injury. He's worried about not having the guaranteed, God forbid, something went wrong. So I can understand Steve Bichotti and both sides on this.
1: Yeah, but remember, Dak Prescott did his leg, and he came back and got a great deal yeah but the, he yeah. had a great relationship with the owner and i think you give some credit to that for to jack prescott some credit to that for uh jerry jones and maybe too much credit right they probably paid jack prescott too much but some of you know the ravens aren't the only one there's a lot of these teams that are having trouble managing the relationship with the quarterback look at aaron rodgers even tom brady left new england now lamar jackson's you know sideways with the ravens so there's a lot of blame to go around some of it goes to the front office some of it probably goes to the player But I think the the way out of it for Lamar Jackson is to play great and increase his leverage. What are you worried about?
0: Yeah, good point. Mike, uh, I'll get you out of here on this one. What are you working on coming up to the draft? Is there one more mock draft coming? Because I know you're all over this Arizona Cardinals story, and that's why I wanted to talk to you. This is a monster story, and I love covering the NFL from a helicopter, seeing what the league has to deal with, and you're all over Arizona. What about the draft coming up here? What are you peeking towards?
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to be recording the football GM podcast today with Randy Mueller, and we're we're going to yeah. he, we're going to go through um, some of the quarterbacks and cornerbacks in this draft. So I am of the belief that 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 you know C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are really kind of one one a in whatever order you want. I think though, then I think there's a drop uh, in risk to the other quarterbacks in the draft that really puts a team like Indy in a bind because uh, I just think ideally they wouldn't take one of those guys. That's going to be left that early. So, that's the fascinating part of this draft to me. Tons of pressure on Indy, not really in position to do it. I think there's two guys that are going to go one, two. Indy's not going to be able to trade into with Houston, right, for two in the division. Mm-hmm. So,
0: that's kind of where I'm at. Take care, Mike. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you doing it. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Mike Sando, nice to get him on today with the breaking news story that he had on the Arizona Cardinals. Two things, because as we had to wrap that up, he has another interview going on now. Two quick things. He just gave you a hint at the end. He said Indy's in a tough spot at number four because he doesn't believe the quarterbacks after one and two are worth taking it for. Did you hear that? That's a really important point by one of the better NFL insiders from The Athletic. So the Raiders are at seven. They might want Anthony Richardson. Well, you just heard Mike Sandoz say Indy at four. He doesn't think he thinks there's too much risk going from the first two quarterbacks to three and four, which is Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. That's one of the first few guys I've talked to that has given me a little bit of clarity on the drop-off from Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud to Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, which I tend to believe that. But I think the Raiders could get Will Levis and Anthony Richardson to park them under Garoppolo and Hoyer to totally let them mature whoever they're going to get if they want to go down that road. But then you're giving up on a tremendous valuable piece on the defensive side. Uh, There was a little bit of controversy at this par three Bobby, as we're looking at it, they had three golfers tee off at the same time, including Scotty Scheffler. So all three balls went in the air at the same time. And Scheffler's ball, uh, so all three of them went down there, and they all were at the point where Scheffler hit hit one right in the hole. So on a fly, it went into the hole, and then it flew out of the hole, and they had to judge that. So Scotty Scheffler dialed in here. I'm picking him to win the Masters. Um, we're going to be on tomorrow uh, during the first round of the Masters, and he's a heavy favorite. Oh, the uh, last thing that Mike Sando just told us on top of that is this Arizona Cardinals story. So we've seen that suspension of the owner of the Miami Dolphins for tampering with Tom Brady, the Brian Flores lawsuit. We know what's going on with Jimmy Haslam, the Cleveland owner. He blew up the whole league by taking Deshaun Watson and giving him $240 million guaranteed. That was a huge story. And now Daniel Snyder is probably being forced to sell the team. We all agree to that. What happens if it turns out that Mr. Bidwell, the owner of the Cardinals, supplied burner phones like it's a scene out of the movie Watergate? And everybody's running around here trying to cover up for everybody as they were trying to communicate illegally. Pretty big story, wouldn't you say? Add that one onto the list. So Roger Goodell has his hands full and Roger Goodell gets paid and he gets bonuses all the time because of the television and streaming money that is increasing. And the only controversy he has right now is a Thursday night football package. Uh, Teams now will have to play, some teams will have to play two Thursday night football games, which to me isn't the end of the world. And they decided not to flex those games yet. But what happens if the Raiders got to play two Thursday night games and one of them affects your Sunday season ticket? Well, you find out that your Raiders Sunday season ticket, you're going to have to play that game on Thursday so your hotel rooms and everything you have lined up, you're going to have to come in on Wednesday instead of Thursday. If the Raiders play two Thursday night games and one of them, you know, the one would be on the road, one would be at home. It wouldn't both be at home. I wouldn't have a problem with the Raiders if they were playing well, putting on a Thursday night game at home. It's a national game. I'd rather have the Raiders play a national game on Thursday night by themselves than a Sunday game in a block where there's six other games going on. But that's just me. So the schedule will be coming out after the draft, and then we're going to jump in on that. That's one of my, That's maybe the biggest show we do all year. Biggest show I feel like we do, big stage, is the, uh, the schedule release. And where will the Raiders be? Where's that schedule going to be? Because Raider fans travel, and guys like the Gorilla Rilla, and everybody needs that schedule in front of them because they're all going to travel on the road, and hopefully I'll get to do that again this year. The home schedule is going to be unique because there's a lot of New Yorkers who want to come in with the Giants, the Jet game. The Raiders are going to Buffalo. I will 100% be on that trip. I went to college up there. I love going to Buffalo. Hopefully that's a warmer-weather Buffalo game, not a colder-weather Buffalo game. And then the rest of the schedule, we know those opponents. I avoid Kansas City, and I avoid Denver. I went to the L.A. game this past year, but not the Chargers, the Rams. And that was the game that still irks me. Raiders had a 16-3 lead against Baker Mayfield, lost. I think a lot changed on that flight home. A lot changed with this organization and the personnel and who they decided to keep on that game. Uh, Last call to get in if you'd like to. I'd like to hear from you before the end of the show. 702-365-9200. Got a podcast dropping today with Tom Looney. Appreciate it if you subscribe at JT and Looney, wherever you get your podcast. And I'm on again tonight. Sirius XM, 6 to 9 p.m. Ahead of the Masters with a couple of really good guests on Sirius XM 82, brought to you by the 872 laborers, led by the great Tommy White.
1: They work through center, Marcia cross the line. Steps in on the near boards. Back to Petrangelo. All the way to the goal. He scores! Two
0: for Petrangelo. 2-2 tie. Six twenty-one to go in the second period. Petrangelo played great last night. Got a couple of big goals on the defensive side. Can't have the offense disappear. If you're going to the game on Thursday, I hope we're doing something here with the station. I'm going in really excited as a fan on Thursday. Many times the Golden Knights give me a credential And I'll pop up and say hello to some friends there. But this year I've been going to a lot more games because I'm off on Thursday and Friday night. And I like going in as a fan, just sitting there and having a couple beverages and seeing everybody on the concourse and talking sports. I love going to these games. Season ticket holder also for the Raiders at every home game. I go to games. I love to go to a game here. And I think Vegas now is so vibrant with live entertainment in these games. It's going to be great. I just saw this come through on my Twitter feed. Normally, I wouldn't bring it up, but it comes from the blue check mark of Las Vegas locally. Las Vegas locally is reporting Golden Knights goaltender Robin Leonard is being accused of fraud by a company that loaned him $4.75 million six weeks before he filed for bankruptcy. He owes creditors $27.3 million after investing in a reptile farm, an avian zoo, And a solar power plant startup. Now, raise your hand and beep your horn if your friends have ever told you. More of my friends ask me all the time to invest in bars. And my wife just laughs. She's like, we got two kids, one in Oklahoma and A.S. We're not giving our money to a bar. Okay, it's not. But guys like to invest in bars. A reptile zoo? I mean, this Robin Leonard is a piece of work. And I hope everything works out for him spiritually, mentally, in his life. But this guy and this hire and this addition to the Golden Knights, is a piece of work. And if this is accurate, and the bankruptcy is, and some of the other issues that's going on here, this was an elite goaltender when he came here. And remember when the internet broke, when we didn't have Marc-Andre Fleury because we wanted Robin Leonard? Now there's two or three other goaltenders since. And Vegas has been very fortunate with the talent at the goaltender position, and then bringing in Jonathan Quick, who's got two Stanley Cups, only helps this team making a march so they could get to the Stanley Cup and potentially win it. they got a goalie who has all that experience. But Robin Leonard, I don't know how this is going to play out. We had one of the only interviews still to this day in town with him when he got the gig and he was really really excited to come on the radio with us and seems like a pretty good guy. But the personal issues surrounding his life are being magnified significantly here. So we'll see where that story goes coming up here. Uh, tomorrow will be the first round of the Masters, right when I'm sitting here, which I can't wait for. Tomorrow's one of my favorite days of the year in sports, the opening round of the Masters to see who's going to play well, who's going to go out low, who's going to set the tone. Then again, we mentioned the Golden Knights game tomorrow night. And then uh, the end of the week, everything uh, Saturday, uh, excuse me, Friday, we're going to have a portion on our final hour of Steph McKenzie's Raider female podcast where they interviewed myself and Vinnie Bonsignor So I think you're going to like that from a female perspective and some of the questions and what she asked me. want to play that and want to help Steph get her podcast up and running, which is really good. She's a great teammate of ours. We'll be in the Raiders' studio next week, I believe, for at least one day to host a show from there as we're leading up with Raiders' roundtable and getting you closer to the NFL draft, which is right around the corner. And then the NBA playoffs are going to be really important and the hockey playoffs. They coincide at the same time. The NBA is wrapping up their regular season along with the NHL. And this is a Lakers town. There's a lot of Lakers talk in this town. And uh, I'd like to see the Lakers get a little bit exciting here over the next week or two so we can watch some good local basketball. The Lakers are like a local team in this town. Bars are packed. People want to see the Lakers play along with the Warriors with our listeners who are listening up north or anywhere else who love the Warriors. That's always exciting there, too. Oh, another quick announcement. We have a couple of our partners that we'd like to welcome back to the show, including Remy Martin. And we're going to be doing a Cinco de Mayo broadcast with them at a great uh, Mexican restaurant here in town, which I'll tell you about for Cinco de Mayo. That's going to be fantastic. And also an announcement with the Black Hole, football's most notorious fan base. The Black Hole, uh, we're going to help them out with their calendar this year. The Black Hole has a lot of draft parties, a lot of events that are coming around here. And they're going to be coming on with us, and a lot of their famous fans are going to be calling in. And we're going to help the Black Hole, as I'm an original member. Not original, I wasn't a founding member, but their first member in their Hall of Fame. And they mean everything to me, so we're happy to work with them in a unique partnership coming up here. Also, our great friends that we are involved with, with Modelo, they're putting me out on the road for a lot of events this year, too. So we'll have those bucket of Modelo's together which is going to be a lot of fun thanks to bobby for putting this show together very interesting day in transportation yeah very interesting day today uh that's a podcast and i'm going to race home now and do a podcast with Looney. our coming up next he is here he is ready to roll he always has great guests and great raider information again if you're around tonight you should have a satellite radio if you do sirius xm i'll be on from 6 to 9 p.m mad dog sports radio and that is channel 82 For all of us on our team here, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you back here tomorrow and Friday to wrap up the week and the Golden Knights tomorrow night, which I'm really excited about. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Appreciate you listening.